Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Football is back. AB is in Oakland. Le'Veon's with the Jets. OBJ and Jarvis Landry have teamed up again in Cleveland. One thing that hasn't changed, though, where I'm placing my bets this season. MyBookie is the place to bet on football every weekend. MyBookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sportsbook, period. This year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000, and it only costs $100 to enter. All you gotta do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. That's right. Thanks, Angie. So you guys know my bookie. We talk about it on the show all the time. Just like Angie said, this is going to be one of the best seasons ever on my bookie. I would only recommend a service to you that I use myself. That's been good to me. That's why my bookie is always the right play. You bet, you win, they pay. My bookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each week. So, here's what you do. Head on over to MyBookie. That's MyBookie.ag. M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E dot A-G. Use our promo code CHAIR, C-H-A-I-R, and you get a 100% deposit match from your first deposit up to $1,000. That means you put in $100, MyBookie will give you an extra $100 to gamble with. Terms and conditions apply. Bottom line, Angie, tell them. Bet, win, get paid. That's right. Well, guys, it's a new season, and we got a new sponsor here on the show. So first of all, let me just ask. You remember the days when you were always ready to go? You want to increase your performance, get that extra confidence back in bed? Listen up. Bluetooth.com. That's blue. Like the color. Bluetooth brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know it works. You can take them anytime, day or night, full stomach, empty stomach. Since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. You can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. If you can benefit from extra function, more confidence when it counts, Bluetooth is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Most guys talk a good game, but Blue Chew helps you follow through. Blue Chew is prescribed online, strips straight to your door in a discreet package, no doctor's visit, no waiting at the pharmacy, none of that awkwardness. It's made in the USA, since Blue Chew prepares and ships directly, it's cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, I got a special deal for our listeners. Visit bluechew.com, get your first shipment free when you use our promo code armchair. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's blue, B-L-U-E, chew.com, promo code armchair. Try it for, for free. It's the better, cheaper, faster choice. We thank them for sponsoring our podcast. All right, let's go on to the show. Welcome to Land Sharks After Dark, your weekly dispatch from the dystopian reality that is Ole Miss Athletics. I'm your host, Justin Sanders. Week one college football in the books. Content is officially back, John. Uh, how'd you like that first weekend? Pretty pretty great football all around, huh? I mean, wasn't the best opening weekend schedule we've ever seen, but... Is we were just kind of talking about in general, what's the, the thing about college? And I know that this this sounds kind of silly for most of our listener base, which is in the South, where I'd say college is more predominant than pro football. But there is no preseason, so you're going to see some sloppy, weird games. Um, we need to make a note to ourselves, put a note in our phone. Uh, never take the over in week one. That's just silly. Yeah, even if you're seeing like 59 points or whatever, 49 points, whatever it was in our parlay last week with that uh, UCLA. Well, it wasn't UCLA. It was uh, Northwestern. And then who were they, uh, the Brat? Who were they playing? I don't remember now. It's been so it's long. Playing Stanford. Stanford. I knew it was a California team. Northwestern, Stanford. Some, somehow, knowing nothing about either team, talked ourselves into that one. 
I mean, I woke up Saturday going, yeah, we got the under, we got this cover. I looked at it, I was like, shit, we took the over? Whoa, thank you. I, I, don't, I don't know. We hit some other stuff. Both of our locks of the week, we got those That's, right. Anybody really paying attention, lock of the week is what matters. Yeah, at least <laughs> at least through week two. Hopefully this week we can stay 2-0 and in those. Yeah, we'll see what we can we'll do. We'll see. Um, obviously, Ole Miss thought that they might play some football on Saturday. Um, didn't didn't really pan out that way, but uh, you know, I guess that was the plan. I guess at some point, Rich Rodriguez and Matt Luke had thought you know maybe they had some some plays drawn up. Not sure uh, when they realized that their offensive line was uh, you know a, a tight end playing left tackle, uh, and not even like a big blocking tight end, like a little small guy. Um, just a, a, a rough, a rough day for the offense, John. I mean, they, they have negative yards in the first half, third quarter, they play okay. Uh, they, they, they get a touchdown. Um, they, they're, you know, they get the ball back after a good punt. You know, maybe you think, okay, Matt Corral, 98 yard drive right here. They could take the lead. It's like, uh, was it 10 to 13 at that point? And uh, first play of the drive, you know, you probably saw it if you're listening to this podcast, sacked for a safety, never get the ball back again after that. That's the ball game. Uh, th- there are good things to talk about from the game. I think the defense was night and day from what we saw last year, but obviously the headline is they just looked atrocious on offense. And, and you know, that's, that's really going to be the takeaway from that game. I mean... It was interesting. I watched the game of a couple, couple buddies up here. Now, now I mentioned the. I mean, everybody. It's funny. Everybody here. Pat's preseason. Sure. Like the bar I was at Thursday night. Every TV's on Pat's preseason. And Demarius Thomas catching like six balls for ninety yards, and everybody in tizzy like, "Oh, we got. We're gonna have Thomas and Flash and Gordon. Everybody's saying we don't have receivers after Gronk. Well, you know, typical obnoxious mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I'm sitting there watching. So I'm at Buffalo Wild Wings, which is good because there's about eight games on. So if I don't want to really fully focus on Matt Luke, sure. I tracked it, which I was proud of that tactic. Because when Rich Rod ran the first two plays, you know, trying to run sweeps to the left side and they got blown up for negative three yard rushes, I was sitting here going, wait a minute. You're telling me we're going to start off the season trying to run behind Michael Howard. And this is not I'm trying I'm not knocking Michael Howard the person, but he is not an SEC football player from a pure not football. a tackle. I mean if you want to do something else with a maybe. Well then we go play him at tight end, but they don't want to do that. So it was just to me like, what are you doing, Rich Rod? That was not you Givens was played. He played two thirds of the game. Run behind him He's your one senior guy. Ben, yeah. ben Brown's at right guard, right? I mean, yeah, yep. Some experience. Like, what the hell are you doing, Rich Rod? Yeah. It was, I, I'm no, I'm no line play expert, but it's, it's obvious that was the weak spot in the team. Maybe he was trying to to coach around it and scheme around it. it just wasn't really working out. I mean, I'm encouraged by the fact that they were able to go out in the third quarter and look better, um, but. Yeah, I, I I don't understand it. Uh, maybe if I watched the Rich Rod interview after the game or something like that, maybe he would have justified it. But it seems like no way to justify. It. I'm sorry, none. So, but were there do you, were there plays he could have called that would have worked, or were they doing their best and we're just we're in for a super long year? It's just going to be that rough every game. I guess we'll find out. That's probably reality, but. It just seems stubborn, and I got my scheme. Damn it! When he decided, when they decided to run, yeah. Um, when they decided to run behind the left side two times in a row. Yeah. I mean, the first time okay, it didn't work. But then you go back and try to do it again. It's like they got mauled the first play. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like you might want to go behind your senior right tackle just to try know, something. Yeah. Or, Settle into the first. I mean, five. I mean, what what about a screen pass? I would have loved to see a screen pass. It didn't get yeah, much of that. Quarterback and then Corral got rattled. Corral was yeah, it's shaky. It looked skittish. It that game to me looked like 
looked like Bradley Snap, Bradley Sal, and Jevin Sneed in Columbia in 09 is what it reminded me. Right. Left couldn't block. Quarterback looked skittish. Scored ten points. Yeah. I mean. I mean, the difference is Corral is he's a freshman. I don't think that's his, you know, his ceiling. Obviously, we'll see what they can take from that game and and, and turn around and maybe look different against Arkansas. The, I mean, the funny thing about that, and we'll get into it, but you lose by five on the road to Memphis. You have the fans revolting. Um, you know, the the Delta Psi House puts up a fire Matt Luke banner. Revolt. What did you say? We have the fraternity revolting, right? Change. Right, and then uh, and then Sunday comes along, and you're playing Chad Morris in six days. The the guy that almost got hired at Ole Miss, and you're a seven point favorite. So I don't, I you know, it's just a weird time. The SEC is weird this year. We'll talk about the other games. O- Ole Miss did not put up the most embarrassing performance of the weekend in the conference, which is funny. They might have. I think they might have probably had two teams that were worse than them in many respects. I mean, I think Missouri and Tennessee. At least they. I mean, Ole Miss was an underdog in their game. Missouri and Tennessee both, you know, played teams that they were expected to beat by two touchdowns or more and uh, got worked. Memphis is a an okay team. They're better than Georgia Southern. Wyoming at home. I don't. No, you mean uh, Georgia State? Yeah, LSU plays Georgia Southern. Whichever, whichever second yeah. year Georgia. Well, the other thing is it's a rivalry game. I mean, they, they just lost to basically nobodies. Yeah. Memphis, Memphis wants to beat Ole Miss, at least. And sure, Georgia State wants to beat Tennessee, but it, it's still, it's 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 not really, it's pretty funny, though. That was pretty funny. Um, we, we can stick with Ole Miss for now. But let's talk about the defense, Sean, because I was impressed. We're going to learn more about them in the next few weeks. You know, maybe Memphis is really bad. I don't think they're necessarily good. Uh, but I just thought they looked so much more sound. I mean, hell, giving up 15 points, they gave up how many points to uh, – what was that team last year that they – Jacksonville – no, it wasn't Jacksonville State. It was even a worse team. I got to look at their schedule last year. Remember that team that uh, you know was like tied at halftime in Oxford, like some nobody team? Um, oh, yeah. Illinois but, State or something? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. They literally like 390 yards or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. It wasn't Kent State. It was Something. Southern, Southern Illinois, 76-41. 41 points, Southern Illinois at home. So, I mean, I mean, the defense is, is really seems to be much improved. I got to give them some credit. Uh, and, you know, I I don't know if it's going to result in a better record than last year's 5-7. and seven. But I do think it's interesting that they, the offenses and defense basically flipped the way you feel about them, at least for me. It went from, you know, the the, the only hope the team has last year being the offense with Tomu and A.J. Brown and those guys. And now basically the offense is completely lost and the defense looks semi-competent. So it was just funny in one year's time that you have that transformation, but I'm happy with it. You know, at least both aren't completely terrible. I I think this weekend's gonna be really interesting. We'll get into picks later on, but I I think they have a good chance to uh basically John, if you remember, do you remember what I said about their first two games? You everybody's predicting O and two or two and O. I said they were gonna lose to Memphis and beat Arkansas. I'm just saying, I, I did say that. How is that O line gonna block anybody? It doesn't matter. Uh, how is how is uh Arkansas who beat Portland State by seven points? Well, how how much are they going to score? I mean, how is their defense going to stop Ole Miss? We'll see. Is the, is the defense appear to be better? They appear to be coached mm-hmm. much better. There appears to be a scheme that actually makes some sense. I, I saw a couple passes defended, John. I saw defensive backs Dude, looking at I got, balls. I got two comments on that. First of all, the Memphis quarterback couldn't throw more than twenty yards down the field. Sure, so but Arkansas's quarterback really, isn't good either. We really, yeah, it's probably true. We really don't know what the secondary is, in my opinion. The front seven, I say, you, you can conclude, is is improved. The other piece of this is, here's the other defense comment. Here's the other comment with the defense. They're in a scoreless, ugly game the first half. Mm-hmm. They give up two third and longs on questionable 15-yard penalties. Sure. Look, one of them, okay, you got screwed on a bad call. Doing that twice in a row 
that's just is it it's some combination of lack of talent lack of discipline lack of just ability to make it happen well one one of the calls that roughing the passer was pretty stupid i forgot what the other one even was though i don't remember don't put yourself in a position to have i don't i don't know i mean you were watching did you see the roughing the passer call that's that's borderline he just i don't know okay I'm not going to get into it. I'm not going to pull a full. Blows uh, in a row. It was just like. I'm not going to pull a Ben Garrett and say that you should have won the game and the ref screwed you out of it. But at the same time, that was uh, that was pretty stupid. I do think even John, you you say that's a, a questionable like a discipline question for the defense. I mean, I say your one touchdown drive had those two penalties that could have it. At the very least, you could say we're 50-50 penalties. I think that's that's encouraging. That that shows that the defense on the whole played very well. I mean, frankly, in my mind, they gave. I mean, they gave them that one touchdown off of those two penalties, and then they yeah, scored. Yeah, but you should your offense should be able to score more than thirteen points. points. Yeah, yeah, and then the negative two for the safety. So yeah. you know the defense did their job, which is it's going to be interesting. You hope with the young offense. You know, a coordinator that is is respected as a coach. Maybe he can scheme around some deficiencies on the line. A young QB needs to get some confidence. I think Braylon Sanders, your most experienced receiver, got hurt early on. No idea if that's a going to be a lingering injury. Really not sure. But I think Elijah Moore is going to be very good as a receiver. You would hope they could get better week over week. I think it's more likely that the the offense can build and and you know have more confidence than if the defense had been completely lost and hapless to really think, okay, they'll get it together. But, you know, we'll see. I, I think um, the Arkansas game is super interesting. And uh, we're going to learn more about, about you know, bouncing back. Do you struggle to, to understand how why they're favored as much as they are? Absolutely. No, I thought it was way more than that. I thought it would come down. And, and people have been betting on Arkansas for sure. You know, you look at the spread – uh, dot com, I believe it's it's called. They have the the public betting chart, and I think like sixty five percent of bets are on Arkansas, and the line still isn't moving. So I don't know. I I don't know what that's about. I, I like I said, I think the SEC is extremely top heavy, and you know, all the teams at the bottom are just kind of all shitty. Uh, is my is my best guess. Um, but we'll we'll get into games this week. There's going to be a lot of interesting games this week, um, kind of across the country. And uh, we're going to learn a lot more about some teams that are considered good and some that are, uh, you know, very bad, like Ole Miss versus Arkansas. Maybe we won't really learn anything about either team, but uh, you know, one team is going to win this game, and they they really need it. Um, whoever wins it, because Arkansas is one to know. But like I said, they beat Portland State by seven. It's going to be a struggle to get to six wins, especially if they can't is, win. One coach is in for an uphill PR battle. Whoever loses this game, yeah, for sure, absolutely. Well, Morris is probably gets a second year, regardless, of, or third year, regardless of what happens. Yeah, but it's he. He need. I mean, the better he does this year, the more equity he has for next year. That's kind of how I think of it. Last question on the game I have is: What do you think Ole Miss's record is going to be after watching that game? I mean, just looking at the schedule, it seems like five and seven is probably the ceiling. Um and. and that's that's generous, you know. Four and eight to two and ten to three and nine; those are all very realistic. Um, but at the same time, it's it's kind of a chaos. There's there's chaos season uh, in the SEC. It seems like so. If you told me Ole Miss beat Arkansas, they beat Sela. No idea what's happened in the Cal game, but it's not outside their own possibility they win that game. You know, that's looking at three wins. If you can find a way to win at Missouri, you're going to get to five because you're going to beat New Mexico State. And if they if they did that, it's not they're not going to be favored to do that. If they did that, that would mean the Egg Bowl would be to go to a bowl. And it's not that State is is bad, but I mean, I don't think they're that good either. So it's I, I'm just saying, stranger things could happen, but it's most likely they'll go either four and eight. Five and seven, really four and eight would probably be upsetting somebody. Uh, I think they're a three and nine team, based off of that. Maybe four and eight. Corral's got to get calmer quick, and maybe they. Find, I mean, they're going to play. 
they're going to change left tackles. It sounds like I forget the guy's name. They're going to go to, but the, the he, freshman guy, yeah. Which if he, you know, he's got to grow up quick. Now, if he starts sh- showing and developing, then you say, okay, they've got young people that have some talent. We just need to give it time to materialize, prove itself. Then, then you start being in a position to say, okay, maybe. Maybe there's a chance here with Luke, but we'll see where this goes. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's it's hard to judge off a of one game with a team this young, with this little of like a background and what their philosophy really is. We'll learn about how they bounce back from adversity this week. Um, but I, I'm interested, John. If you think they're going to go three and nine, um, what does that look like after the season? What happens to a team with two former head coaches as coordinators, Matt Luke, done with three seasons? Just went three and nine. Where, where does Ole Miss go from there? Like from an administrative standpoint, do they make a change? It's it's interesting. If we had done this show yesterday, I would have said I would have said there's no way in hell you can keep Luke. But I think it comes down to there's a couple different couple factors to play. One, play the kids. Do the kids? Do you see signs that the kids? have potential like when i say kids i mean like freshmen red shirt freshmen the right glasses then it's like okay they just need time to turn over the roster if that if you can get to that point from a perception standpoint that certainly benefits luke the other piece of this is let's think about i mean i don't know how you feel i'm sure this varies out the fan base to me i'm only really interested in let's what's the path that's going to get you to a what what can be a middle of the road, a consistent eight, nine win team that can compete for the West every three years. I think that's realistically probably your peak opti- peak, peak operating configuration at all this. And how do you, how do you get there? Nut left a mess. Freeze came in and through a number of, I mean, the whole Denzel thing falling in his lap and then to his credit, at least capitalizing, getting Robert to show up and, and getting, you know, they get Tunsil and they get Treadwell and Connor and Ingram getting those five guys to all come, which was a little bit of everything. They, I mean, they, they found Evan Ingram. They get credit for that. They convinced the other four to come. They were sloppy about several aspects of it, but they at least did it. And then, what's the other? Oh, they found a way to win six games in 2012, which that was a four and eight team that Auburn crapped out. Arkansas crapped out that year and the entire offensive line stayed healthy. I mean, they could probably play that season 10 more times. I don't know if they could go six and six again. Yeah. So long story short, that the idea of looking, but it ha- that's what recently happened after they bottomed out. So to me, the idea of saying, yeah, that's a feasible model really isn't there. You've got a once in a decade, at least, you know, at minimum player connection through the whole Kendichi thing and then a whole confluence of other factors. Here, to tie this all back to the Matt Luke conversation, is Matt Luke the guy that can at least go build you a roster that goes and wins six and seven games a couple times? And, th- and then it's obvious, you know, they've got a decent roster, but he's just not a skilled, crisp enough of coach to take them to the next level. And then you go hire a more proven guy to, co- you know, another guy to come in and elevate it. Is that the most feasible path? Or do you just go out and get try to get somebody this offseason? Or do you promote within? I guess you get three options there. Right. You know, I hadn't even thought about the third. I mean, if you promote Rich Rod or McIntyre, you know, can they be can they be the guys that get you to that kind of you know more stable? Or is that a better option to get to a more stable place than with Luke as the coach? I don't know. I I think I think in the in the short to medium term. The second option is the most painful, but also the most prudent. Um, I think no matter what happens this year, you're right. You have to judge. Does a roster seem to be playing better, better coached? And you know, from what I've seen on the defense, at least the coaching is better. 
Um, and, and then you have to ask yourself, uh, you know, does that justify keeping Matt Luke, even if they do go three and nine or, or four and eight? Um, I, I think what you said about can you have a team that wins seven or eight competes for the West once every three or four years? I, I think honestly, that's far too optimistic. If we're being honest with ourselves, I mean, Ole Miss has never truly competed for the West in the, in modern history. You know, you say fourth and 25 was, was right there. That's the closest they ever were. Sure. But I mean, you look at a team like Mississippi state that under Mullen, and now Moorhead, I say, you know, is what you would what you would consider that solid seven to eight win bowl team, and they've never really come close to to competing for the West. It's just such a such a hard division. Um, I don't know if that's a realistic goal to have. Um, you know, you're at best best case scenario, you're the fifth resources wise in the league. I mean, it's you, Arkansas, and State in the West. I mean. It's you, Arkansas, and State at the bottom. You're not going to compete with Alabama, LSU, Texas A&M, or Auburn when it comes to recruiting, when it comes to resources, facilities. So what really should the goal be? And I think what you said, the option number two, maybe is the least popular for the fan base in the moment, for the kids that are on campus right now. And maybe they were high school juniors and seniors when Ole Miss beat Alabama. And they saw that Ole Miss was capable of achieving that type of success. Um, you know, however marred those freeze years were by the Peach Bowl, the Arkansas games, you know, mm-hmm. losing in Baton Rouge, losing at Memphis, those kinds of things. They never really were that dominant team, but they were able to snatch headlines, be highly ranked. You know, they won the Sugar Bowl, all that kind of stuff. So for those kids, it probably does suck to imagine Matt Luke winning four games this year, maybe getting to six next year, um, and then after that, who knows. But I do think that's probably the best, fastest way to get to a place where your program is just a complete embarrassment uh, because I think there's a lot of risk involved in making a coaching change. And I think, honestly, we're not that far removed from where we were when we originally retained Matt Luke. Um, and at that time, my question was, who's honestly going to come? And I still wonder that. I mean, I don't know who really wants the Ole Miss job um, that would be able to to turn it around more quickly than Matt Luke and his coordinators would. I don't know. I think options two and three, you know, hiring from within, maybe not a bad plan. Um, I do worry about Mike McIntyre and Rich Rodriguez if they have that in mind, if their goal is to become Ole Miss's head coach, which I have no reason to say it is, but if that is their goal, they're obviously both former head coaches. I'm sure they'd rather do that than be coordinators. Um, I don't know how that affects the team chemistry and kind of the working relationship with them and Luke. That just seems to me like a very strange power dynamic. So I wonder about that, but I, I don't, I just don't think it's going to be wise to fire Matt Luke after the season. I don't really know what that's going to accomplish, but you know, maybe you make the right hire and, and I'm proven wrong. And, you know, I, I I think the example that we were told this past weekend was, you know, nobody thought Kermit Davis could do what he did until he was hired as well. But I think Kermit Davis is the exception rather than the rule when it comes to bringing in um, coaches, bringing them up a level and then saying, do something that hasn't ever been done before, hasn't been done in many, many years uh, or something that's only been done, you know, under one coach, like the level of success that Freeze sometimes achieved. I think there's not a ton of evidence to say that that path is going to be successful. So I don't know. I I think you're living through, you know, the the real impact of NCAA sanctions. I mean, the classes that were decimated are the classes that would now be juniors um, and sophomores and and some seniors. Uh, you know, that was the the guys that are seniors now, those classes were more kind of self imposed, like the fear of the sanctions more than the sanctions themselves, but that's a very real part of the punishment. Um so it's gonna take a while to rebuild the roster. I just think that it's being realistic, that's probably just you're gonna have to take your lumps and uh that's that's what Ole Miss gets. They got caught. They 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 did some some maybe normal stuff, but like you said, when it came to guys like Tunsil uh, they probably went above and beyond and freeze did whatever he thought he had to do to get those elite players onto his team. And yeah, it took him some places, but now we're, we're dealing with the consequences. So 
I mean, it, it, it's not just us that are being punished. You see Hugh Freeze, he's been stri- he can't even walk anymore. He's been stricken down. He, he has to coach from a bed. So, you know, everybody lives with these punishments. Yep. I T- mean, Tunzel, though, coming to my city, new yeah. Texan, pumped about that. that. I don't think he's going to get benched for any improper benefits. So. Certainly not going to be benched after the Texans uh, self-imposed like multiple first-round picks to get him. So, so. Before we get back to – so eight and four is too optimistic. So Ole Miss is going to be a perennial six and six. No, I think I don't think eight and four is optimistic. I think competing for the West is not realistic. I okay, mean, that, you, you really that, think that's realistic? Then I don't care about the football team. That's my official position. That's fine. I mean, really, college football is just something. I will. To do. I will dedicate all my effort. I will dedicate eighty percent of my efforts towards Kermit Davis. Why? Well, I, I would hope you'd be doing that anyway. I mean, if you're that's just that's just smart investing. Kurt, it's interesting. Basketball. Football is going to be four and three and nine, four and eight this year. Bianco, let's let's not get into the weeds, but Bianco, that, that's a that situation explains itself. Basketball, it could quickly, quickly become by far the most appreciated. It could be the darling sport of Ole Miss. Yeah, about to be the the Kentucky of the SEC West. Uh, not even not even joking. You've got a beautiful arena. Mm-hmm. It's the game's two hours, so everybody it fits everybody's attention span better than the other two. And you've got Shake Shack and Raisin Canes and soda. I mean, what else do you need in Mississippi? <laughs> shake Make, Shake like, Shack, yeah. Steak and I Shake, mean, right? No, there's no Shake Shacks in Mississippi. Oh, steak, whatever. You know. I know, I know. I'm just saying. Hell, it's all it's all the same thing. It's all you got steak burgers and you got can, really canes. That's all. That's what it really comes down to. Mm-hmm. You got canes and soda. What else you need to keep everybody happy? But you got—I mean, you got—you got legit recruits. You got a coach that uh, you know has a compelling story, and also is kind of the the local angle. He's a Mississippi guy. He, um, he understands it, but he's not a good old boy at all. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the way basketball works is you don't have to be one to go out and do something. Where football, I think that's a little—I think I don't think you have to be with baseball at all. Football is—it's not obvious to me what's the really. Well, it's, it's, you can, yeah. And, and you can, and also you kind of had that foundational coach, Andy Kennedy left some players that allowed Kermit Davis to achieve quite a bit in his first year with, with almost entirely AK's guys. And now he's building a very exciting team. Uh, the core of which Brian Tyree and Devonte Shuler, they're, you know, they're still, um, AK recruits and then you know AK's recruit Terrence Davis playing in the NBA now that helps the program so it's all stepping stones Kermit Davis has done a lot since he took over the program but without AK's program you know it wouldn't have been possible for it to happen that quickly so I think that that's kind of just part of maybe Matt Luke gets another year no matter what happens this year. And that's just part of getting back to where you want to be regardless of the sport. Ideally, I mean, ideally, Matt Luke is the Andy Kennedy of the football program. That's the hope, right? But, you know, I don't know who the Kermit Davis is. I don't know if there is a Kermit Davis that can come in and save Ole Miss from itself. Um, I I know Wes and Dean would tell you it's Bill Clark. Uh, You know, everybody has their own opinion on that one. I don't know. Whatever. That's enough. That's enough about Matt Luke right now. We're going to find out. Uh, you know, when they play Arkansas this weekend, that's going to be interesting. I want to I want to talk about lines, Sean. Yeah, one more one more topic than we hit lines. Okay. Back to the freeze in the hospital bed. How on a scale of one to ten, how amused, entertained were you by that? I mean that that was better than Ole Miss winning. Honestly, I couldn't be that upset on Saturday because you had Hugh Freeze coaching from a hospital bed. Hysterical. Some of the best pictures I've ever seen. The videos of Dino Babers waving at him. That was a, an amazing. Week one meme, uh, and then Laramie Tunsil gets traded to the Texans on the same day. So, um, you know, it was overall a win for me on Saturday. So no worries on my end. But that that was just great. Um, and, and also, John Hugh Freeze. Speaking of, that was your lock of the week, and uh, Syracuse covered that. Dino Babers waved at everybody after he was done winning their money. So he did. He nice. did the deed. We have to talk about some of our other shortcomings, though. What happened? To South Carolina. What's up with your boy Boom? You got to explain that. 
He can go fuck himself. Boom, boom is dead to you? Boom is dead. Yeah, that was, uh, I mean, blowing a lead to Mac Brown and Phil Longo, I mean, that's... I really didn't see any of the game. I didn't see it either, but that's deplorable. I know that, I know that much. I don't need to watch it to know that that's inexcusable. You can get a ticket for six bucks this weekend to watch Charleston Southern play in wins, Bryce. I'm pulling up the game right now. Six I'm... bucks. Bucks. That's probably a little overpriced. That's a bit high. Those motherfuckers had a twenty to nine lead oh, against Phil Longo. Against Phil Longo and Matt Brown. That is uh, that is Look. brutal. That is brutal. Fire. That's that's immediately fireable. Yeah, the other, uh, the other, well, a couple other games that jumped out to me this weekend. Watched a little bit of Auburn, Oregon. Auburn looked like absolute shit. One in the fourth quarter in classic Auburn style. Um, no idea what that team's going to be. It looks like Gus once again is going to be carried by his defense, which is just a bizarre turn of fate in the Gus Malzahn story. I guess Bo Nix will get better as the year goes on. He's another young quarterback. Uh, but Oregon like the much better team. Whatever the classic Auburn, you know they have a lucky horseshoe. Uh, you know where they have it. Um, the other game that was interesting was last night, Louisville versus Notre Dame, 14-14, uh, almost into halftime, three fumbles in a row, change of possessions. That was pretty funny to watch. Um, but I, I thought that was interesting that, that Notre Dame kind of struggled a little bit before pulling away against Louisville. Uh, I don't understand why people are so excited about a and I guess we're going to find out this week when they play Clemson. If they, I mean, they're like 10th in the country right now. They beat Texas State. I mean, who cares? I, I don't know. I, I'm sure they're good. You know, they they have the money, they have the recruiting, but I just want to see it. You know, I want to. I'm interested to see what this weekend holds for them. Um, uh, some really good up, upsets. We already mentioned Missouri, Wyoming. Um, I want to. I want to mention that I I was the one that said Missouri was not going to be good. So I'll gloat over that for another week before they get it together. Kelly Bryant, um, I heard, didn't look terrible, but still, they lost to Wyoming. Um, what's up with Jeremy Pruitt, John? Is he gonna is he gonna keep the Tennessee job after this season? I mean, opening the season losing at home to Georgia State, a game a game you paid like half a million dollars for this team to come in and beat you. That's and they were two and ten last year. Georgia, Georgia State was two and ten. Thought it was nine hundred thousand. Yeah, I think it was just under a million. I mean. What the hell do you do if you're Tennessee? I just you you've tried pretty much everything at this point. Yeah, I mean, I guess you just trust the process, just wait it out, I guess. They went from Fulmer to Kiffin mm-hmm. to Derek Dooley. I mean, I thought Kiffin was a good hire, and then he bolted for USC. Sure. And then you turn around and look, and you see that Butch. Uh, they went Dooley and then Butch, which have been two debacles in a row. Um, well, now Pruitt's gonna trying to make it three. Yeah, Pruitt is three. I think that's apparent. I just, I don't know. I don't know. As as normal God fearing Americans, seeing Tennessee lose to Georgia State, that's that's a pretty good weekend. You can't complain about what your team did. It, I, there's really no clear answer there. Is Tennessee is Tennessee the most hated team in the country? I think they're top three or four. Uh, I don't think they're top five because they haven't been good enough to be top five. No, I think, but I'm I'm talking about irrational hatred, not like you hate them because they're good. Just everybody loves laughing at Tennessee. I think they're the SEC team that everybody irrationally hates, but I don't think it extends beyond. I think it's I think it's them and Notre Dame, and I I mean. I don't. I I really think that across the country, people really enjoyed that that Georgia State game more than they would if it was a lot of other Power Five teams. But whatever, it was it was great. I loved yeah, it. They have enough of a name. I mean, pardon my take was making fun of Tennessee to lead it off today. Yeah, yeah. and there and and it's it was an, an embarrassing enough of a loss, and also they have a fan base that's very um, easy to make fun of, and also very proud for whatever reason. So I, I think it's a great combination. So here's a kicker. I just re- kind of realized this. There's a lot of coaches that could get – there's a number of coaches that could get fired this year in the SEC. SEC yeah. very imbalanced. You've got – well, here, let's look at it. You've got one, two – got six teams in the top 12, mm-hmm. and then nobody beyond that. How, what, how about this, John? You, you go back in a time capsule, 
I mean, sorry, in a time machine, excuse me. And uh, you tell somebody in, in 2014, 2015, you know, Donald Trump is president and Ed Orgeron has one of the safest jobs in the SEC at LSU. I mean, it's just, it's just too funny. It's just too funny. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. That really is. Yeah. Times and things change. I mean, let's look at SEC real quick. Ole Miss could change coaches. Uh, Auburn could change coaches. That's yeah, still- I always could. They always could, yeah. Got to go to Florida. I was looking at Auburn. They go to A and M in three weeks. I think that's a big swing game. Yeah, for sure. That they could get going. If they lose it, then they got to go. They got to go to Florida, Georgia, Bama. They lose four games, and what the hell? We can't. I mean, I think they probably. Yeah, they're. I. I don't think they're going to win in College Station. Orgeron is safe. Mississippi State, I don't think they can fire. I don't think there's any way Moorhead gets fired. I think he can disappoint and lose his equity. Yeah. Uh, Jimbo's a lock. Saban's a lock. Chad Morris, I think, it's a third year regardless, but I think how he does this year sets up what I mean, Ole Miss and and Arkansas, Tennessee and State, they're all in varying stages of the same problem where it's like, well, what the hell are you going to do? You may as well give them another year. Exactly. I think Muschamp. Yeah, I what? Think, I don't, what are they going to do? I have no idea what South Carolina's future is with Muschamp. Mason, all three of those guys could get fired this year, depending on how things go. Who, what, who was the middle one you said, Stoops? Odom. Odom, yeah. Well, then what about Stoops? He's, he's He won nine games last year. Yeah, he's, but they struggled against Toledo. I don't think he's gone this year. I'm just saying. I mean, he, he you know, there's a lot of coaches that, that have been on the hot seat in the last six, three years. Seven games and continue. Yeah. It's, I don't think he – I mean, as long as he goes to a – if he goes to a bowl, you know, three out of five, four out of five years, he's safe there. Well, he's got a window with the way a lot of the rest of the SEC and the SEC East is. So. Plus, exactly. Just stay stable for a bit, and there's half their division's going to You can outlast it. So what, what's what's going to happen with Muschamp? What's its future there? How are they? What are they going to do the rest of the year? Yeah. Question. Let's look. I mean, let's look. Yeah, let's check out the schedule. Look, you have them seven and five. I have them six and six. Yeah, well, yeah. we both were counting that UNC game I as a win. Carolina. I mean, Bama's a loss at Mizzou. Flip a coin. Kentucky at home. Flip a coin. Right. At Georgia, loss. Florida at home. Loss. At Tennessee, lost. they win. Yeah, Vandy at home. So probably you you might flip that coin. App State's a win. They lose at A and M. They lose to Clemson. That's that's getting rough. Yeah, that's hard to get to six. Yep, We're looking at one and two, two and two. I'm going to be generous. Three and two, three and three, three and four, four and four, five and four, six and four, and then six and six is their absolute ceiling right now. And that was that was being generous. That was having them beating Vandy, beating Kentucky, beating Missouri. Probably lose one of those games. So, I think they right? do, yeah. So, all right. Interesting. All right, we've beaten the bush enough. Yeah, that's uh, that's week one. That's the SEC in uh, in total chaos mode. Let's let's talk about week two. We're over on my book. You know the deal. Um, code chair is your code on this one. C H A I R. Yeah, that's it. And uh, you know you're gonna get your deposit match. All the stuff you hear about in the ads. So. Over on my bookie, we'll go through John. Um, I think last week we picked every SEC game, so let's do that again, and then we can do a parlay, and we'll each have a lock of the week. How's that sound? Yep. All right, perfect. So starting out on Thursday night, it is uh, it's Tuesday right now. No, these are the oh, these are Friday games. I don't, are there not any games Thursday? Maybe not. Don't know. Not on my bookie. Thursday games this week. No Thursday games. All right, so you got Wake Forest and Rice, Marshall and Boise State. Um, I don't care about that. Did Boise State cover against FSU? They did, right? They they yeah, won they that were, game. They were dogs, and they came back at one by five. Oh, that was a good finish, too. I forgot I think, about that. I think Bo- Boise's minus 11. Now, they got to travel back from Tallahassee to Boise. They're on a short week, but then Marshall's got to go out there. I feel like laying them is – Friday night at Boise State. That's a fun. That's a fun time for them. They'll enjoy that. Part. If Ole Miss would, if money wasn't an object, I would clean. If I'm Ole Miss, I clean house after the year and I go hire Brian Harson. But I don't think he'd take the job. Exactly. That's the that's the other side of the equation that Ole Miss fans never really factor in. Dollars, Brian Harson. Here you go. Here's here's four years, five million, twenty million guaranteed. 
fix it. It'd be pretty nice, but money is an object for one thing, and the second thing is, uh, you know, who wants the job? Um, before we continue with the lines, since it came up, uh, what's going on? Florida State and Taggart, how's that going to play out? That's a pretty rough one. Um, I generally think Taggart's decent coach, but it's falling apart fast. Yeah, they, I mean, he hasn't won his last two stops. They got a. They got at least. They've got to at least get to eight somehow. Whatever that looks we'll, like. We'll we'll not look at the schedule now. We'll save it. But yeah, it, it, that's might be tough. We'll see. Um, all right, all right. Only picking SEC games here. We're on Saturday now. Vandy plus seven at Purdue. Um, you don't do the whole kit and caboodle. We can do a little more after that. What with FSU? You want to do FSU talk? Uh, we don't want to talk about the Knowles. Michigan minus twenty two against Army. Let's have some fun with that for a minute. Oh God, I don't know. No idea. I don't know anything about Army. The Army's going to slow the game down. Right. Run the ball. It's at 11, uh, 11 a.m.? Uh, yep, high noon in the big house. Uh, Shea and his new offense. Now, if they can spread it out and sling it, they can probably score against the uh, – they should be able to outspeed – you know, have more speed than Army. Um, but an interesting line. If you told me Army kept that within three touchdowns, that would that would make sense to me. How about this? Over-under is 48. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, 47 on my bookie. It's, I mean, I like the over, but again, are we getting ahead of ourselves in week two? I don't know. I think week one to week two is always the big jump. It's a big jump. I think the over is probably safe there, and I think Michigan covers that because Shea dominates bad teams. We all know this. Yeah, I think Harbaugh has got to go show off the offense against a slow team, too. So Yeah, at home, 11 a.m. Um... Okay, back to what I was saying. Vanderbilt plus seven. I say, give me the points on that one. I actually like Vanderbilt. I, I like uh, I like Keyshawn Vaughn. I think they have some some good players. I'll take that. Purdue coming off a brutal blow the game against Nevada. I think Vanderbilt probably takes some confidence as much as anything out of their performance against Georgia in many respects. They didn't get. I mean, they didn't get just run out of the building. I know. Mm-hmm. The, I thought they kept it competitive for a while. Um, I think Mason's decent enough. Brom is still at Purdue. Uh, yeah, that's right, I think. Well, his stocks really took a shit after. This is Nevada, yeah. I think Vandy. I like Vandy and the points there. Yeah, me too. Um, let's see here. Let's see, Maryland minus two and a half hosting Syracuse. Syracuse coming off of twenty four zero at Liberty. Maryland scored like seventy something points, right? Uh, I didn't see what they did. Oh, okay, I know. Here's here's what they did, John. They they scored the same number of points as the number of that kid they killed in practice. That was their that was their salute to him. Gotcha. Yeah, so kind of a gross kind of a gross story there. So I, I give me Syracuse in the plus two and a half. I, I'm I'm gonna go against Maryland Syracuse for the hell. Minus five, and the line goes all the way to Maryland minus two on two and a half on some books. Yeah, moved yeah. by a touchdown. Who knows? Who knows? Let's. Is, is Dino getting penalized for waving at freeze? <laughs> Maybe so. Maybe so. Uh, I like Iowa minus twenty. I guess home against Rutgers. Yeah, sure. Rutgers, I guess so. Rutgers, phenomenal team. Like. That one I think has I like the Lions really better here. Okay, back to back to the SEC. How about Missouri minus fourteen hosting West Virginia? What's going on with West Virginia? Are they that bad? Well, they don't have Holgerson and they don't have Greer. So, yeah, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. Who's the, who's the uh, oh oh Neil Brown? I keep forgetting. I did this last week too. I keep forgetting about <laughs> Neil Brown. The coach. Hmm. I'll, I'll I'll go with the points on that one. We're picking every SEC game. We're going to track it somewhat over the years. So let's say uh, I'll say West Virginia plus fourteen. Give me Neil Brown for old time's sake. Sure. Wait, what, what do you think about Ohio State minus sixteen hosting Cincinnati? Um, I thought Fields looked really good. Yeah. And I think. I think Ryan Day is actually going to have a good year at Ohio State. But but Cincinnati looked pretty competent against UCLA on Thursday. They, they won. They won by ten. I lay Ohio State. Hmm. All right. Well, we're Ohio not State we're not picking it technically, State but interesting. 
Ohio State is going to pay attention to Cincinnati and kick their ass. That's probably true. I think there's enough in-state dynamic there for them to pay attention and kick their ass. So That's fair. That's probably true. Um, let's see. Moving along, looking for more SEC lines. Okay, here we go. Texas A&M. This is at Clemson, right? This is not a neutral game. Uh, Clemson minus 17 and a half. That's an interesting number. It's a big number. It is big, but Clemson is Clemson. Clemson is very good. I like Clemson a lot this year. And like I said, I am I have questions about A&M, but this is going to be a great game regardless. We're going to learn a lot. I would not lay that. So you're going you're going A&M plus 17 and a half. Say I was picking them. I'm just saying I wouldn't play it. I'm not betting that. No, you're not betting it, but we're picking every SEC game this season, John. So tell me what you oh, got. We got to pick every game. Give yeah, me gonna, A&M. All right, A&M plus 17 and a half. I'm going to stick with my gut and keep betting against the SEC this week. Give me Clemson 17 and a half. I think that number is about right, though. Um, if it's a really close game, uh, I'm very impressed with A&M. I'll say that much. And, and, and I hope it is. That'll make it a good game. Mm-hmm. Um, here we go. Southern Miss in Starkville. Mississippi State minus 16 and a half. Damn, I'm going to keep betting on the worst teams here. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe State can can come out and look good at home and cover 16 and a half. I don't know. How do you feel about this game? State's locker room feels like it's probably meh right mm-hmm. now. I think so. Southern Miss is going to play this like a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I do. I like Southern Miss in the points. Yeah, I, I'm going the same way, although it seems like I'm getting cocky picking all these games from from Vatek down, but uh, or West Virginia down, I should say. Um, but yeah, give me give me Southern Miss in that one. Um, let's see here. We got New Mexico State at Alabama and a laugher. Alabama minus 55. Uh, I, I bet Alabama minus 35 is a lock last week. I'll go ahead and take New Mexico State this week, but who the hell knows? It doesn't matter. This is a stupid line, stupid game. I think Saban goes and doesn't win this game by more, you know, wins the game by like 35 so he can chew his team. Yeah, like 40, 42 to 0 or something, and it's extremely boring. That that sounds very unusual. They're going to intentionally be sloppy this week, I feel like. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I think that's probably right. BYU at Tennessee. Tennessee minus three and a half. You think they, they, they get they get scared and they find a way against BYU? I'm This game I'm curious to watch now, actually. BYU, yeah. Utah close for three quarters. People mm-hmm. tend to think Utah is going to be pretty good. BYU is one of those teams this that, is, that goes on the this, road and does shit. I mean, this is... Desperate for Tennessee. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Desperate to the point that you almost think about picking them. If this was an NFL game, as weird as this sounds, you would pick Tennessee for sure because uh-huh. desperate team typically wins NFL games. Sure. But BYU lost too, and they need – oh, boy. BYU helped get Mac Brown fired. It was BYU and, and Hugh Freeze. I don't know. I, I think Tennessee wins – Three and a half is a weird number. I'll pick Tennessee minus three and a half, but trust me, I want BYU to, to cover and win. That would just be hilarious. Yeah. Oh, boy. I'll, I'll lay the points with Tennessee, but I do not like it. Yeah, correct. Exactly right. Um, oh, Hugh Freeze plus 13 going to ULL. How's he going to get there in the bed, John? They're going to load the bed up in the back of a like a, a U-Haul or something, drive him down there? Oh, pardon my take. If he has to be on a wheelchair, he'll have to be on a wheelchair. You know, he's he wants to be there with his kids. <laughs> That's just the kind of coach that he is, man. He's he's. Uh, I think the line of the weekend was... If he's not there, it's a fucking scam. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, and, for sure. But no, I think the line of the weekend was uh, just Hugh Freeze is more comfortable when he's reclined. I mean, that's you're, you're damn right he is. Oh yeah, you're correct. You're correct. <laughs> um, all right, here's another blockbuster for this week. <laughs> Hell of a game. LSU minus five and a half in Austin versus the Longhorns. It's a, it's going to be super interesting, John. I think that's also an interesting number. I, I don't really know where I stand on that one. I would think everybody says the weakest part of LSU is the line. Texas, I don't think is going to have. I think they ought to be able to play against Texas up front. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I don't know. I haven't. I didn't see anything. I don't know if I have a middle linebacker that can somewhat that can sort of replace Devin White. It's a question I have. I think the rest of LSU is very talented. Um, I, I do like Burrow in general. I think he could have a good year. Um, mm-hmm. Do they win in Austin? I think they do. And I think I think it's a good game, but I, I'll take it. I mean, I'd lay it with LSU. I think they win by seven to ten. Yeah, I, I I think this is an interesting game for sure. I, I think if Texas wins this game, it's it's going to be pandemonium in that fan base. Um, again, being in Texas now, I I hear a lot about UT from my coworkers, all that kind of stuff. I, I'm picking LSU minus five and a half, but I hope it's a good game. You know, just for the sake of football. Um, here's one that I think might be one of my lock of the week candidates, John Auburn minus eighteen hosting Tulane. That sounds like a, a good game for Gus to me. In the first, the very first instinct is wow, they're going to they're going to absolutely cover that. I It'll think be, so. But Tulane runs the triple option, right? Do they? Here's the other thing: is Auburn just played a big game the week before? Do they mm. sleepwalk? You got a freshman quarterback. Does he go out there and play True. Like and do they sludge it? But with that being said, I. And now it opened 21 and a half and went down. I'd say lay them at that point. Yeah, I think Auburn minus 18 is the move there. Um, we've already talked about this game at length. I'm going to go ahead and say I, I think Ole Miss finds a way to win, but I'm taking Arkansas plus seven. That's a lot of points. The one thing I know in this game is the left side of Ole Miss's offensive line is a huge liability. And if you can't block, the rest of it doesn't matter. Mm. So – I mean, with that being said, I'll take Arkansas on the points. Yeah, I think that's I think that's an easy bet, but you know, maybe Vegas there's, knows something um, we don't know. I mean, we didn't even get to it. Ole Miss kicker sucks. Yep, yep, it's true. It's, it's true. Um, let's see here. Eastern Michigan plus fourteen and a half at Kentucky. I don't know anything about Eastern Michigan. Um, I will. Uh, I guess I'll take Kentucky minus 14 and a half. I don't like it. I don't like that kind of weird game. No, nothing about it. Miami, Florida minus four and a half at North Carolina. That's kind of now an interesting game. I guess so. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Over under 48 in that game. Hmm. Yeah. 48 screwed his last week. Not touching that. <laughs> how about, how about UTEP versus Texas tech? Over 65. I don't hate that at all. That at all. I don't play defense in Lubbock. Exactly right. Um, we got Stanford versus USC this week. Pretty much a pick em. USC minus one. Yep. Over I under 45. I'm not sold where to go there. So I, like Was- I like laying the points with Washington. Washington minus 14 versus Cal. Cal is a good defense though, right? Yeah, but look at over under forty three. Good great. Yeah, I know that's that's an ugly over under right there. Okay, Stanford played Northwestern. All right, this is going to be tough. Do we even have enough picks to put together a parlay this week? I don't even. I, I don't really like many of these lines. I don't know a parlay. All right, well we got to do a lock of the week because that's our new tradition we've imposed on ourselves. So do you have one? I got. I'm thinking right now. You know, I had some stuff I kind of liked, and then nothing. But there's not just one. Yep, that's it. Oh, boy. Let's see here. Boise's a candidate. Sure. Michigan's a candidate. Mm, I, yeah. it, I like that. I think Ohio State's a candidate. Hmm. Um, Wow, Illinois is twenty point favorite at Connecticut. That's just that's bad football. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's that's rough. Um, I think I kind of want to do Tennessee just for shits and giggles, but that'll. Be what are you gonna pick BYU? No, pick the balls. Oh yeah, just to, just you should reverse I, jinx I, that. If they had anything that resembled confidence, something half confident, I would do that. Yeah, this this is a better slate than last week, but these lines are uh, not yeah, not looking good. Obvious. Locking all this. I'm going to go so with they, my gut, and I'm going to pick uh, Auburn minus 18 for my lock of the week. I think that's one of the best ones. I will take 
Oh, I didn't mention. So apparently, new Ohio State coach uh, went to high school in Manchester up here. Okay. He, he, uh, he played at UNH for four years, which is a mile from my office. So UNH but, is a big, uh, big like online school with lots of TV commercials, right? Uh, they got some. They got about it's about the size of Ole Miss. So you have Auburn minus eighteen. Yep, that's mine. It's yours. Yep. I think that's. I will take. Damn, I'm actually doing this. The Ohio State Buckeyes minus sixteen and a half. All right, I like it. And no, I'm telling they're, you, John. UNH UNH advertises nationwide. I'm just saying. I right, go. Home. Justin Fields, I think, is electric. Uh, and it's a high noon game. They played high noon last week. Uh-huh. I think Cincinnati gets their attention. They want to beat the shit out of them. They get cruised. Yeah, yeah, I like that. That's bold. I think I think that's bolder for sure than than my pick. So props to you, John. That that takes. Some, I'm, some I'm bullish. On, I think Ohio State wins the Big Ten. I just kind of have this. I can't wait for them to go to Columbus and beat the shit out of Harbaugh and Shea when Shea's a senior. That's gonna be fantastic. Yeah, that'll that'll be something to look forward to for sure. Well, that's a that's an interesting pick, John. We'll we'll check back in uh, next week. How do, how did we do on our picks last week? I don't know if we wrote those down or not. We went four and four on the parlay. Okay, hey, it's not great. We learned a lot though, and, and like I said, also we uh we we got our locks of the week. Um, I probably we should have good yeah. ones. We nailed South Alabama. Yep. South- Kind of fucked us. We totally well. We had it, and they choked. We had good reason for that one. Bam, we hit. We whiffed hard. The biggest whiff was the over on Northwestern Stanford. Yeah, live and you learn. Miami, Ohio, we only missed by two. That was okay. Yeah. We hit Georgia, and we should have won Oregon, except they fucked up with two seconds left. So Correct. we weren't horrible. It's not that bad. I mean, and that's gambling. That's how they. That's how they. You know, build those casinos. Is uh. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm kind of glad we missed a couple because if we had lost on the Oregon shit, I would have. I would have said the Brazil president needs to go to Oregon for a month and burn that son of a bitch down. That's what they deserve after blowing it. That's a bold take. It's a bold take, John. Well, yeah, that's it. That's week one in the books. Week two queued up. A slightly better week overall. We got a couple of uh, you know headline games with Texas and LSU. Clemson A&M, so something to look forward to there. Ole Miss. There what do we got for noon? Because the rest of the evening set up nice. What, Shay's at noon, right? And then uh, Shay's at noon, and then my lock of the week is at noon. Cincinnati, Ohio State. Vanderbilt, Purdue's at noon. I think that's going to be a good game. Uh, you can watch Missouri versus Neil Brown at noon. That's not bad. And, yeah, your luck. West Virginia, Mizzou, yeah, you're right. There's some games there. Purdue. Mm-hmm. Not you bad. You can watch the Memphis Tigers. Oh, my, my favorite team. Uh, and then what, 2, 2.30, you're locking in on uh, A&M Clemson? You got, you got Jimbo to cover? Uh, I think I think A&M makes, keeps it competitive and Clemson maybe scores at the end to like go up by Ooh. 20 or something. You know, it's, it's yeah. kind of a score. Clemson's probably going to win, but something could, you know, Turnover and a couple plays, it could happen. I think A and M shows well. Yeah, and well, that's probably the the realistic A and M fan would would hope just to to look competitive in that game. If somehow Jimbo finds a way to win, then they're they're way ahead of schedule. That's that would be something. Yeah, but that's a big ask. Yeah, I, I, I agree. It's it's not going to happen. Everybody's going to be like, "Whoa, it was within two last year." That was that was Kelly Bryant. Lawrence is they're playing a much better quarterback. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, yeah, that's that's gonna be a tough game, but ho- hopefully it'll be good to watch it, competitive at least. So we'll see. Uh, yeah, that'll do it for this week, John. You got anything else from week one? That's just you gotta get off your chest. Um, that's about it. I think Georgia's the best bet to make the playoff now in the SEC with Dylan Moses hurt for Alabama. Nah, I think, I think that's no way. Hmm. I mean, I'm not saying Georgia's not going to make it, but I don't know how you say they're a better bet to make it than Alabama. I think they're at least even. Division's easier. Hmm. Well, we'll see. We're not going to learn anything about either team this week, but we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Something to look forward to, John, and uh, another slap fight at 630. Ole Miss, Ole Miss, Arkansas, primetime SEC football this weekend, John. We made it. SEC Network, the eyes of the nation will be in Oxford. We will 
it is. Musburger still do that game, or is he no? I don't know. I I don't know who's on that game. Bro. We'll find out. Hopefully, it's like a booger or somebody awful. <laughs> no, is it? I think Booger is like an NFL commentator now. I want to say. <laughs> oh my gosh! Mm. State, uh, of the, state of the world. Yes. So. Well, that's that. All right, um, John. I had fun, my friend. Thank you. I guess we're gonna have to do it again next week, sadly. Uh, but to everybody out there, um, thank you for listening and tune in again next week. We'll be back talking. To you.